0: Welcome to a podcast from a live church in Newark. We believe that the gospel changes lives, so we hope you're ready to hear from God, be challenged, and inspired. Here's our speaker for today.
1: Good morning. What a great morning. I just feel so full of joy this morning. I think that um, what Bryn shared of us right at the beginning of the service, that there is fun and there is joy in church. It doesn't need to be heavy. It doesn't need to be hard. We can have fun and God wants us to have a laugh. And that's great. And I just, I've really felt that this morning. Um, so like Irene said, I'm bringing this series on wholeness to a close today, which is quite nice because I got to start it as well. So I feel like I've bookended this um, this series and, and I've really enjoyed it. I feel like I've learned a lot from it. Um, I have a greater understanding of God's plan for my life now and my role in that as well. And so we've looked at a wholeness mindset. We've looked at how we can be transformed by the renewals of our mind that our mind is battle field. And that sometimes we need to, with the help of God, take control of that. We've looked at relational wholenesses, how relationships with each other and relationships with God affect our wholeness. Um, If our relationship with God is off, that is going to affect our spiritual wholeness. That's going to expect, it's going to affect our mindset wholeness. Our spiritual wholeness, how we see God, how we relate to God is so important. And then last week we heard from Dr. Roger Bretherton about our emotional wholeness, about those negative and positive emotions and about gratitude and how important gratitude is in our lives. And today we're looking at physical wholeness, so our physical bodies and what it means to have or to pursue physical wholeness. And I think the main thing that I have learned throughout this whole series is that God is interested in every single aspect of my life, every single aspect of my life. Not just when I'm at church, not just when I'm leading a connect group, not just when I'm, you know, praying, but God is interested in everything in between. He is interested in every area of my life. He's interested in my mind. He's interested in my body inside and out. God is interested in all of us and every part of us. And as part of that, he wants us to have a John ten ten life, life to the full through Christ. He wants us to have a full life, a happy whole life. And if you cast your minds back now, six weeks, when I first spoke on this subject, we talked about that word shalom. Shalom is a Hebrew word and translated into our language. It means peace. But actually, if we look at the word shalom, it has a much deeper, much richer meaning that can't just be summed up in that one word. It means harmony, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility, and that word wholeness. And so we are pursuing this shalom. But to, to get there, we have to look at the holistic approach. So all those areas that we've already covered. If we have shalom in one area, that's not, Really what Shalom means, because Shalom is about wholeness, it's about every area. And it's, it's a journey, it's probably not one that any of us, well, it's not one that any of us will ever fully complete, because we can only be at full peace and in full Shalom when we are in heaven with God, that is the only way that we can achieve that. But it doesn't mean that we don't try, it doesn't mean that we don't continue along that journey. So God designed us inside and out. He knows us perfectly and we should trust him because he designed us. So when we're talking about our physical wholeness, when we're talking about our bodies, I think God is a pretty good expert on it. Maybe even more so than some professor in an obscure area of human biology, because God designed us in the first place. He made the blueprints. So we just research what he created. So let's trust in God this morning. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you for your spirit. And we pray that this morning we would be ministered to by both of those things. Amen. So my first point is God's plan. God's plan. God's plan is good and God's plan began before we were even formed. Psalm 139 uh, verses 14 to 16 in the message version are just wonderful and so beautiful. And it says this, Oh yes, you shaped me first, inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration, what a creation. You know me, inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. And all the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Thank you, God. And I would really recommend to read those verses over yourself. It's something that I've taken great pleasure in this week as I've been preparing and running through what I'm going to say. Um, just reading that verse over myself has just opened my eyes and made me realize the love that God has for me in a, in, a, in a different way. So even if you're having a great day or if you're having a bad day, I'd still recommend reading those verses over yourself. But also, I just want to take from that about comparison. It's so important that we do not compare ourselves to those around us because we see in those verses that we were formed uniquely and purposefully by God That we are not formed to be, I'm not formed to be the same as Sam. Sam's not formed to be the same as me. God creates every single person uniquely and comparison steals from that. When we compare ourselves to someone else, that actually steals from what God has created for us. God who created us, created us uniquely. And we mustn't take away from that by comparing ourselves to someone else. And God is pleased with us. God is pleased with his creation. It says in Zephaniah 317, for the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty savior. He will take delight in you with goodness, with his love. He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. He is happy with his creation. And God's plan reveals his love, care and interest in us. A couple of weeks ago, Mark spoke to us from 1 Kings 19 about the story of Elijah. Um, And so I'm going to read that again for us. And we're just going to pick something up from in here as well. So 1 Kings 19 verses 3 to 9. It's about Elijah when he is being pursued and he's run away because he's scared for his life. And then we pick up here. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba. Which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. So, actually, what we see here in this story is the real care and interest that God takes in our physical wholeness, but also that we need those things to survive. We need rest. We need food for energy. We need rest to renew us. And God, before he calls Elijah and tells him what to do next, he makes sure that those needs are provided for. I have a plan. I have a purpose. I know how I'm going to get you out of this, but you need energy and you need rest, or else you're not going to to be able to do this. And God says that for us over our lives all the time. God modeled rest to us. God rested on the seventh day. God didn't need to rest. God modeled rest to us. And he knows our bodies. He made us this way. He made us to need food to fuel us. So we shouldn't assume that we can do it without that because God created us to need that. And that's we just see this beautiful care and love in Elijah's life. But also we know that God is a healer. Jehovah Rapha means God is healer. Rapha means to heal or to restore. And that's one of the names of God. God is our healer. Jehovah Rapha, God is healer. And we see this throughout the life of Jesus, but also in the Old Testament as well. It says in Matthew 9, 35. When I found it, I shouldn't have done that. Sorry. (laughs) Here we go. It says, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. Jesus healed every disease and every affliction. And then again in Acts 10 38, it says this God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. And with power, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus' examples, healing, we read so many stories about it. The woman with the issue of blood, um, the lame man who's lowered down through the roof by his friends, Lazarus being raised from the dead. He touches lepers and and their condition is gone. He puts mud in the eyes of the blind and they can see again. Jesus heals. And if you're interested in reading more about Jesus's healing power and the miraculous healing that he does, I would recommend reading Luke. So Luke, who's one of the gospel writers, he was a physician, a doctor. And so he focuses quite a lot on the miraculous healings because it's an area of interest to him. But there's some incredible stories in there and that we can really learn from and take heart from as well. But healing isn't just restricted to the New Testament. It continues today. I've heard wonderful stories of miraculous healings, um, you know, reports of severe illness. And then at the next checkup, nothing, no blood clot, no lump, no anything, just gone in the name of Jesus. And my personal story with healing was not necessarily how I would have preferred it But I still know that healing took place. So when I was 17 years old, my mum was diagnosed with cancer. And then there was eight years that followed that until about two and a half years ago uh, where she, she passed away, she died. And during that time, there was relentless prayer around the world for her life. We called out, we cried out. I was desperate for a miracle and sure that this miracle would come. And really, it wasn't until you know, she actually died that I kind of had to come to terms with the fact that that miracle that I had wanted and that I thought was going to happen didn't happen. But God always heals. Sometimes that healing looks like a diagnosis or a pain and then we're prayed for and it's gone. And that, ref- um, that builds our faith. That builds our faith. Sometimes we could have a long illness, a long period of pain, maybe even spanning years, and then we're prayed for and we're delivered from that, and we're healed, and that refines our faith. And yet sometimes our healing comes by being delivered right into the open arms of God, and in that, our faith is perfected. There is always healing whether it means you're being delivered into the arms of God or you're being healed at the beginning of a, what could be a, a bad illness, there is always healing. And I, I fully believe that and I fully declare that. That's why I wanted to share that story, because healing doesn't always look like what we hope it might look like, but healing always happens. And we don't know why. I don't know why it happens that way. I don't think anyone knows why. But sometimes faith, well, no, not sometimes, always faith requires us being okay with some divine mysteries there are some things that we don't know the answer to and we won't know the answer to until we're in heaven and if we did there'd be no need for God so faith requires us to be okay with some divine mysteries and to allow those divine mysteries not to squash our faith but to build our faith and that's uh, one of the biggest parts of faith really But also God's plan is for us to live a long life. In the Psalms, it says, with long life, I will satisfy you and I will show you my salvation. And I want to, um, in a moment, just pray for people that are living under fear of illness and fear of a short life. Now, I've been there myself until very recently. Um, A couple of months ago, we were at one of the worshipping counter nights and Stuart got got up at the front shirt bell and he said, I feel like we need to pray for some people who are struggling with fear um, of illness in their lives, that they're afraid that they're gonna be ill and that's stealing life from them. And I knew that it, I knew that I needed to be prayed for and I went and I was prayed for and I can tell you now that since then, it's like there's this shield around my mind and the thoughts that used to come at me are just deflected. They go. They come into my mind and they leave and I used to be in a place it's it's a it's a miracle. It's an honestly it's a miracle. I used to be in a place where I was at the point where I would just Talk about things that they were absolute. So, when I get cancer, when I am no longer able to function because I have cancer, because I thought it was easier to be in a position of saying, this is what's going to happen to my life. And and just, you know, then I wouldn't be shocked by it and I wouldn't be upset about it when it happened. And now God has just taken that, He's broken that off me because He knew that that was a place where I wasn't functioning in a full life because I was afraid. I was living in fear. I was pretending I wasn't by pretending to be okay with it. But there was fear and the devil was using that fear. And you know, just before Stuart got up to give that word to say, if anyone wants to come for prayer, literally maybe two minutes before I turned to Ollie, I'd started to get really agitated. And I said to Ollie, I want to go home now. It's late, it's been a long day. You know, we've got work tomorrow. It's a full, can can we just leave now? And Ollie looked at me and he said, I think we just should stay to the end and literally a minute after that Stuart got up and he said we need to pray for people in this position and that was the that was the devil I firmly believe that was the devil trying to take me out of that situation where I was going to get freedom from those thoughts and he was thinking no because this is a great stronghold I've got on your life this is something that I can use for my plans and not God's plans we stayed and I was prayed for and I yeah my life has changed since then completely. Um Deuteronomy 5, 33 says this, you shall walk well in all the way that the Lord, your God commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. So I just want to pray for anybody who is feeling that. And I, it, I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you put your hand up. It's just, I'm just going to pray over you. And if this means something to you, then I just want you to accept this. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word says that we would walk well in the way that you have commanded for our lives, that we may live, that we may live a long life and that we may live long in the land that you possess. Thank you for your healing power, body, soul and mind. Amen. And so my second point is, so God's plan, we've talked about God's plan. God's plan for us is good. God's plan for our physical wholeness is good. God designed us. He created us. He's our healer. He loves us. But my second point is this, our stewardship. So God's plan for us is good, but it does require us to take some ownership and to to take some stewardship in that as well. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, do you know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Just like Elijah needed rest and food to do the job that God wanted him to do, we need to honor our bodies and be at a place where we are able to answer the call of God. We don't want to be at a place where we're, so tired, so just struggling that we're not able to answer the call of God. And so it's important that we take some stewardship over this as well. And the word stewardship um, in a, a biblical worldview would be utilizing and managing all the resources that God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. So it's about managing this resource, our body, that God has given us for the betterment of creation and to glorify him. I've got a lot of scripture this morning, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Psalm 24 one says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It all belongs to God. But we do not worship our bodies. That would be idolatry. We worship Jesus who purchased our bodies at a price. We do not worship our bodies. So I'm going to ask um, a couple of my friends to come up this morning. Uh, we've got Hannah and Ellie and Becky and they're all in uh, different different medical fields. And I'm going to ask them some questions and we're just going to hear a bit from them. So if you'd just come up, ladies, that would be fantastic. I think we've got a second mic here. My wonderful assistant. Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies, for coming and sharing with us. First of all, could you each just say your name and what you do? That would be brilliant.
0: <laughs> so, my name is Ellie. Is this on? yeah you hear me? Super. My name's Ellie. I work I'm for East Midlands Ambulance Service. You'll hear me out and about in the knee north wagons. <laughs> uh, and I'm also an REF reserve medic in my spare time. <laughs> uh, my name's Becky. I am a, uh,
2: I'm a doctor. I'm a niece and sister working in the cardiothoracics unit in Leicester at the moment. Um, I also happen to be in the Air Force. Um, it's, not, it's not sort of compulsory, as doctors are in the military, <laughs> it's, it's, it seems like it's an alive New York thing, maybe.
3: Um, my name is Hannah. I am a nurse in intensive care, and I am not in the
1: Air Force.
2: <laughs>
1: and neither am I. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. So there's four areas of stewardship that um, we want to talk about this morning. The first is exercise then, um, diet, then we're going to look at stress and rest. And Hannah wanted to speak to you a little bit about exercise. You've recently had a bit of a a journey with exercise and that seems to have really positively impacted your life. And I wonder if you'd just share with us a little bit about that.
3: Um, yeah. So in May, 2018, I had my little boy Toby, um, The following six months were really difficult. I struggled with, um, I was very tearful, anxious, went to my GP, who was a lovely Christian lady, and um, I started on antidepressants. Um, A month later, I was also told that I had a thyroid problem, which can affect tiredness, something I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. Um, So I started to feel better with the medication, But I can't remember what prompted me. I started running. Now, I've never, ever um, been a runner. I hadn't exercised for years. I started the Couch to 5K programme, which first day I think is run 30 seconds, walk a minute, which Jeff found hilarious. He said, how much running have you actually done? Um, So I started that in February. It was freezing cold. This was last year. Um, And then at the end of March, I went to a park run and did my first ever 5K. I always thought running for 30 minutes without stopping was impossible. So I did that. Um, And then six months later, I somehow, by a miracle, did a half marathon um and over last summer then I was able to come off my antidepressants um and it's just really helped me I'd find after I'd done a run um I would have time with God as I'm walking home I really appreciate the seasons uh we live out in the country and just looking at nature and everything so it's really benefited me benefited me in a
1: lot of ways that's brilliant Hannah and you've done such an like it's hard to take those first steps um but from what you've said and just from knowing you i can see the positive impact it's had in your life and so what would you say to somebody who feels like that would be a good thing for them but just doesn't know where to start um start it's really it's really hard um
3: i had well, uh, many years ago started a little bit of the couch 5k and i'd always stop and not finish it but um I found just getting up and going and doing it um and find something that you really enjoy as well that really helps Um,
1: yeah that's great and that's going to be different for everybody isn't it for some people that might not be running that might be walking it might be dancing it might be anything um but it's so important that we use our bodies and exercise our bodies God gave us different muscles for a reason I think I found some muscles I didn't know I had yesterday. Ollie took me to the the gym. I thought I'd better go to the gym if I'm preaching on physical wholeness. (laughs) I thought it was a really good thing to do. And uh, he was like, let's do arms today. And he was showing me all these machines and there were straps everywhere. And I was like pulling one kilogram and then he'd get on and pull like (laughs) a hundred. So I've got a feeling I'm going to feel some muscles I didn't even know I had uh, tomorrow morning. (laughs) But... um, then Becky, diet. Why is our diet important? Why can't we just eat whatever we want all the time? Why can't I have chocolate for breakfast every day?
2: <laughs> <laughs> or can I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Diet. So Liv asked me to talk about diet, and to be honest, it was a bit of a um, bit of a heart sink for me. Um, I think diet is such a hard topic, isn't it? there is so much conflicting information out there um you know we're sort of especially as women i think we're constantly bombarded by uh, magazines that'll be selling you know you should only eat cabbage soup um and even the sort of scientific things that we can read you know there are so many books that'll tell you that a paleo diet is the way that our bodies were made to be And, and if you do that you'll live 10 years longer or that intermittent fasting will mean that you never get diabetes and you'll never get cancer or they eating a plant-based diet will make you the quickest runner in the world. And actually, there's very little evidence behind anything with our diets and all that sort of can be said is that balance is key. And it is fine to have chocolate once a year live, like Christmas, <laughs> I'll let you, let you do it. Um, but, but but it's important to be sensible about, about by what you eat. The only thing that there actually is evidence for in... In Hannah's environment, in intensive care, which is probably the only time that we actually know what people are eating, right? We've all seen those secret eaters cameras watching the fridge, um, and so unconscious patients that are being fed through a tube. Even with that, where everything else is controlled, there's no evidence for one type of feed being better than another. All that we know is that eating too much leaves you live is bad for your health and does increase your risk of getting other illnesses. And eating too little leaves you malnourished um so i think all, all that is to say about it really is is to be balanced this isn't something to be obsessive about it's become something that in our culture often people do become, become fixated on will be yo-yo dieting and we know that that is bad for you um i also i was talking to live before the service i felt a little bit um like i should speak about my own experiences with with diet so as a as a teenager, I really struggled with with my weight, not because I was overweight, um, but because I was in a highly pressured environment with a lot of media influences and spent about four or five years of my life making myself sick regularly because that was sort of a way of control for me around food. And I know that that is something that a lot of women struggle with, be it that they are overweight and that they feel a lot of shame about that, or that Or that they have an eating disorder or disordered sort of relationship with food. And I just wanted to speak out against that today, really. Food shouldn't be something that we fixate on. We should have a balanced diet. We should allow ourselves some chocolate occasionally, maybe tempered with some exercise. but it shouldn't be something that's a massive focus of our lives. It should be something that we enjoy, that we get great pleasure from, um, and that that's shame that some people feel around food. I really want to speak out against today, and I want to encourage you that if that is something that you find hard, to seek one of the prayer team afterwards or come and have a chat with me about it, because I'd love to pray with you.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's important to say that if there is anything that's come up in the service today or even just something that you came with this morning that you would like prayer for, then we don't want you to leave here without prayer. And we do believe in the power of God to break chains. And so if you're carrying something, if you're feeling something, if you're struggling with something, don't leave here without getting prayer. And it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't need to be, I need help with this. It could be, I think I've got a dream from God that I just want some prayer into. We want to pray with everybody about anything so don't leave here without getting some prayer definitely. Thank you Becky and uh, finally Ellie so we kind of in the end decided to put stress and rest sort of together um, because we thought even though all these areas are very much linked everything is linked um, stress and rest seem to link really well and Ellie's going to give us some baffling medical knowledge um, (laughs) and then maybe just make it make sense to the rest of us. So here we go. (laughs) So
0: stress. Um, So stress is a good thing and a bad thing. Historically, uh, our body uh, was made, designed to be able to respond to stresses, e.g. a tiger coming after us. All of a sudden we can go into sort of beast mode, super mode, we can run away. I'm sure everyone's heard of fight and flight. Um, The opposite to that is rest and digest. So this fight and flight mode... Some of us are more rest and digest than fight or flight, but that's I fine. like rest and digest. <laughs> um, so fight and flight, tiger's coming after us. Our body kicks into uh, releasing hormones. Everyone's heard of adrenaline. Um, our brain just sort of basically, our pupils go massive and our blood pressure goes up and our heart rate goes up and all these things happen physically to remove us from the danger. Uh, what happens after that, after that sort of alarm phase, is we have a resistance phase. This resistance phase is basically the body recognising that stress is still there and we're going to have to keep going for a while longer. So it starts using all the different resources in the body. Uh, So you've got glucose, which is your sort of sugar in your blood. That gets released more. You have more of that available just in case the tiger reappears and you've suddenly got to run off. You've got that sugar available. The problem is in the 21st century, we don't have many tigers chasing after us, but we find all sorts of different other ways to be stressed, whether that's an exam Uh, Whether that's a project at work We're not sort of sleeping properly We're worrying about friends and family uh, We've got mental health All sorts of different things And we go from one thing to the next to the next I'm sure if we had a show of hands Who's felt stressed in the last week I imagine most people would have their hand up Um, So we're not supposed to be living in that resistance phase So we've got all those extra things flooding around our body What our body really needs is to rest and digest it needs that rest, it needs that sleep. We need to have that come down because what happens is our immune system gets suppressed, so quite often this happens to me. Um, If I go on holiday, I'll eventually end up with a cold or the sniffles because my body's eventually relaxed enough to allow that to happen. Um, So essentially what I'm saying is stress is not good for us long term and I think it's something we all need to recognise and do something about and rest, getting eight hours of sleep, um, as Elijah did and you mentioned earlier. Um, one of the only th- the things sort of, in my life I could recognize when I was stressed, uh, a few years ago uh, I was going to do a uh, preach and thought, oh, yes, yeah, it's great, I can plan it in. And there were so many other things going on in my life. And I got to the Sunday morning and we had the sort of the, the bit beforehand and the little pray and I just sort of burst into tears. I was like, I'm just, I'm not in that place, I'm broken, I'm done, I can't do it. And uh, my church was just so amazing with the whole thing. We just said, well, don't, let's just rest. That's the entire church, let's just rest. And actually God spoke through that. And actually we feel like in the physical, we're doing everything. Actually, it's very spiritual as well. We need to stop. We're not superhuman. We don't need to keep running from tigers. We need to just rest. That's my point.
1: That's great. Thank you. And I think it's worth just making the point here that God created us this way. This isn't a mistake. This isn't a malfunction. It's not like, oh, we've got to rest, but you know, it's just an unnecessary hiccup that stops us from doing what we're designed to do. Rest is part of what we're designed to do. Eating is part of what we're designed to do. We have lots of yummy foods that we can enjoy that God created. You know, this is all part of life. It's not like, and I think for myself, I viewed it this way, that rest is a hindrance. is a thing that gets in the way of me being able to do more and do more good things for God or have more fun because um, that's what I want to do. And I don't want to have to rest, but actually rest. God created us to need all these things, to exercise, to eat well and to rest. And And it's not... You know, it's not that there's a problem or a flaw in his creation. That's what he designed us to be like. Thank you very much, ladies. I have one. Actually, sorry, do you have one more question? I didn't prime you for this one. Hold your clapping. Um, (laughs) So you actually, all three of you, are in quite highly stressed environments at times. You come under, you know, like a a moment where you need to react quickly um, because, there's a patient that needs emergent, urgent care. How do you then bring your like stress levels back down after that? If you find yourself in that situation, how do you then kind of manage that? That's I've just completely thrown that at you. I'm really sorry. If you don't have an answer, that's fine. Um, I think for me,
0: um, a big part of it is relationships with other people. So uh, at work, well, often afterwards, we'll we'll make sure we get a cup of tea. We'll say to control, look, there may be those many jobs waiting, but we need to just rest at the moment. We need to have a cup of tea. We need to chat, whether that's a joke. There's an interesting sense of humour that goes round, but it's it's just recognising we need to stop at this point, and we just need to take stock and move forwards.
2: That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I think what Ellie says is super true. Like I think there's. Debriefing is sort of a very trendy word, isn't it, and resilience and all this stuff. But I think it is really important that you that you feel like you've got people you can be open and honest with, and open and honest about your mistakes as well. I think, regardless of the fact that we're all in healthcare, in any job, in any relationship, we all make mistakes, don't we? And being able to be honest about that and sort of say, this is you know this is where we've done well and this is where we've done badly, can often help with processing stressful events and moving on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, chocolate for breakfast helps too.
1: (laughs) And Hannah, I know you mentioned to me on the phone, you said that every time I'm driving to my shift, I pray the entire way and I just pray, God, please don't let me kill anybody today. (laughs) I thought that was a great prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: It's funny, but also not funny because um, (laughs) in my job, um, there's just so many things to remember and I could easily make a mistake harmlessly that could have a big impact so I do sometimes get quite a lot of anxiety at work about making a mistake and I find it's those times that I really need to take a moment pray to God ask for some peace and I do on the on the way to work I'll often put my worship music on and um, really try and pray and let
1: god take me through the day rather than me trying to remember everything um yeah that's brilliant thank you so much ladies really appreciate you sharing with us being honest and vulnerable and thank you so much thank you how are we doing for time okay i've one i've one final point but it's just a short point is everyone okay with that good stuff. So the final point, I'm glad you are. Cause I mean, I was going to do it anyway. So it's funny when people ask that question, isn't it? It's like, what if everyone said, no, would I just sit down? Probably not. Um, so my third and final point is perfect peace. God gives us perfect peace. It says in Isaiah 26, three, you will keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And there's three, there's just three things we can take from there. The first one is we've got to trust in God and then our minds will be held steadfast and then we will have perfect peace. But it all starts with trusting in God and our physical wholeness and peace is so intrinsically linked. You can't have one without the other. You can't be in physical wholeness. If you are not also in perfect peace with God, they are so intrinsically linked. And, um, I'd like right now, in just in this moment, um, I'm going to do it slightly differently for us to pray uh, our salvation prayer now because I think it links in really well with perfect peace because God is the giver of perfect peace. We have to trust in him and to be able to get to that place, we need a relationship with him. So I want us uh, to just give this opportunity now to, for anybody who this morning would like to, to say this prayer and to say, God, basically, God, I trust in you. God, I trust in you. I trust in your plans for me. I trust in your ultimate plan for humanity. So what we're going to do as normal is we're going to read this out loud all together. And then once we've all read it together, we're going to bow our heads and we're just going to give a moment for anyone who just says, yeah, I want this perfect peace this morning. I want I and I realize that that begins with a relationship with you, God. So let's pray this together. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's just bow our, bow our heads for a moment. And if you have prayed that prayer for the first time, if you're saying, I, I want perfect peace, and I believe that that begins with a relationship with you, I'd love for you to just raise your hand. Um, we won't make you do anything. It's just so that we can give you some information and pray with you. So I'm just going to give a moment for that. Father, thank you that we can have perfect peace. Thank you that it's not an abstract thing, that it's a very real thing for us. Thank you that that perfect peace comes from trusting in you and being steadfast in you. Lord, I pray this morning for each and every one of us that we would come to know your perfect peace, that we would come to know your perfect plan for our lives, for our physical wholeness, that we would come to know you better and in, in a better way through this journey. Amen. And I would really love for us this morning to pray for anybody who is in the healthcare profession. So if in any way you work in healthcare... Um, if you could just stand up so that we can pray for you, that would be wonderful. It may just be the three ladies that were out here before, but that's doctors, nurses, dietitians. I would say even teachers. Um, I know it's not strictly a healthcare profession, but there's a lot of health and care that goes into being a teacher and we'd just love to pray for you. So if that's you, if you could just stand up and I have a prayer that I wanna read over you and it'd be great if you're around somebody who is standing that you could maybe just lay hands on them or... Um, just think about continuing to pray for them. Lord Jesus, who healed the sick and gave them new life, be with doctors, nurses, carers, teachers, dietitians, physiotherapists, everything, as they act as agents of your healing touch. In desperate times, keep them strong, yet loving. Be with them in their weariness and in their tears. Amen. Amen. And I would like to pray for anyone this morning who is suffering and uh, you can choose to stand up or to raise a hand or just to accept this prayer in your heart, but this is for anybody who is suffering this morning. Lord, we bring before you all who suffer, especially those whose ailments are concealed. Pour out upon them your healing love. Surround the frightened with your tenderness. Give strength to those in pain. Hold the weak in your arms of love and give hope and patience to those who are recovering. Amen.
0: That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We pray you have a great day.